Hello, I'm Kirsten Galloway, and welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. This is a podcast for when you want to be encouraged by hearing someone share a struggle they got through or a goal that they accomplished, and in the process, discover that actually I can. These are conversations with friends that are just ordinary people, but they're living remarkable lives. You're listening to episode 11. This is the second episode I have with high school teacher Peter Welly. This podcast is a continuation of the conversation we had in episode 10, but here we cover a very different subject, still about education, but also about how Peter discovered that there's a different way to educate and embrace the concept of teaching for transformation. If you're interested in hearing Peter's perspective on teaching in a pandemic, which was our first topic, again, you can find that in episode 10. That conversation is eye-opening and inspiring never before have I felt more thankful for teachers and educators than I have in this pandemic era. So episode 11, the conversation is special for many reasons. We are learning about what it means to teach for transformation is remarkable and its significance in the lives of students is amazing. But also, I loved hearing how a highly skilled professional was willing to reconsider everything he knew about excelling in his work and take a step back to embrace a new approach, which would have a considerably different outcome. The result is an incredible and lasting impact on young lives that will surely inspire you. Please enjoy this conversation with Peter Welly. I got into the job before I knew if I were like teenagers. <laughs> No. That was like, I hope I do, you know, but I didn't know. I knew I loved history, you know, uh, and it, it turns out I do. But like my first love was the stuff. My first love was the content. Yeah. That was like my avenue in to the work. Um, and so sometimes it's just like you have to, you have to kind of read some book where it just makes you say, I cannot wait to tell people about these ideas or to give students a chance to engage with it and see what they think. Or I can't wait to contrast this idea with that one and see where they take it. Um, that was, for me, I get, that's where I get the energy. I just have to go back to, to that. Or even, you know, we use this language at our school of, of our deep hope. I have to return to my deep hope for my students. And... Um, and my deep hope for my students is not necessarily that they have just, you know, the most gee whiz uh, classroom environment experience. But my deep hope is for, for my students is that they see God's story and the blessings and curses of their American inheritance. And that when they see opportunities for, for restoration, that they want to join with God in, in restoration work. This is like giving me goosebumps. <laughs> Good. That's, that's me it's too. Awesome. That's why it's my deep hope. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I didn't even get all the words down, but I will later. Well, it's written down on the walls okay. over there. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been hearing that term around school and in posts and things mm -hmm. this year. And I've been, you know, my interest has been piqued about that. And sure. So it's fun to hear. Well, you know, that. um, I, that's, uh, like one of the great transitions I had in my career. I should tell my story for a second. I, yeah, I taught for yeah. ten years. I taught for ten years at a uh, uh, at a at a private school, uh, a secular private school. It's extremely ex academic excellence was the name of the game there. Mm -hmm. um, extremely rigorous. Um, at, at one point, the Washington Post said that we were 
the first or second most challenging high school in America. Wow. <laughs> I don't. I never figured out the rubric was like students and the number of AP courses taken and all this stuff. Like it was. It was just academic excellence was huh. just the name of the game. Uh huh. Um, and I could swim in those waters and I could train students into that regimen. I got. I. I was. Uh, I just lived there. Right. Sure. Um, and that was the name of the game. Uh, and. Uh, and I, the more content I could teach people, the better. I guess that was always, the more stuff I could cram into any course, the better. Mm -hmm. That was just it. And, uh, and I, I did have this nagging sense that I, um, I'm not sure what this is for, hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, know look, a lot. look at them go. <laughs> but, but it was like, almost like they were on a treadmill, you know? Ah. Like, look how fast I set the treadmill for them to run on it. You know, like, wow. And it was, it was impressive on a certain level. But I also watched some of the, most uh, brilliant and thoughtful students I've ever known just like grind themselves down to a nub, mm. right? Make themselves ill. Um, and also, I just, I watch students, I watch those students that I cared about who could do so much. And, I, you know, as you do when you're a teacher, you, you see them go off and live their life. Um, and sometimes I was just like, I don't know if anything that I'm doing here really speaks into the life of a student 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. You know, I don't know if I've done anything here that really built the foundation there. I just think I built a, a marvelous in-class experience. Mm -hmm. You know, that, mm -hmm. was, that was like you could marvel at it, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I don't know where it went or some good test scores to show off or something like this. Hmm. I, came into, I came to teach in a Christian school setting, and they were talking about faith and learning. Uh, integrating here or somewhere At else? Southwest, okay. here, at the, mm -hmm. here at this current school. Here, yeah. and, uh, and they're talking about integrating faith and learning, and I wanted to do that. The spirit was willing. Like I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's do. I don't know how to do that, right? Yeah. I, I'll say a prayer at the beginning of class, or I'll say, you know, huh. would yeah. Jesus have liked it when Andrew Jackson sent the Cherokee people in the Trail of Tears? <laughs> you know, like this yeah, is like, right. like how do you do yeah. this? So everyone yeah. goes, no, and I go, okay, well, we just integrated faith and learning, I guess. You know, like I didn't really, <laughs> right. yeah. I didn't really know what that. I didn't know how to do that very well. You right. know, so I was trying, and it was a struggle. Um, huh. And. Uh, so I, I got, and then I was in this funny position. <laughs> uh, my boss said, you know, I think there's a lot of teachers at our school who are in your spot of like they want to integrate their subject area and, and biblical worldview, faith, their Christian faith, and they're struggling to do it. There's this initiative, this teaching framework called Teaching for Transformation, mm -hmm. and we're kind of interested in, in looking at it. And my position at the time at the school was I'm teaching history and I'm also the professional development coordinator. And oh. so he was like, so Peter, I want you to kind of look into this and, and talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I really wasn't sure. I, uh, even though I had some interest and in I want to do that better, I'm also someone where it's like, I know how I do things and I do them. I, I feel really confident in how I do things right now. And I have a reason for why I set things up the way I set them up. And, and, uh, and I had looked at some uh, literature about this teaching for transformation piece that um, some of the first stuff I saw seemed to suggest that I was going to kind of, on some level, have to teach on a day-to-day -day level in a, in a completely fundamentally different way. Mm. And I was like, well, well hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm. What am I doing? What am I supposed to do? And Dan said, uh, talk to this guy. Talk to this guy who's like this... Uh, Arch yeah, this, this, this architect of this okay, idea. Yeah. And so I, I got some phone number and I call and I, and I peppered this guy with like a, you know, 
25 questions <laughs> over 40 minutes. And it wasn't hostile, but it was definitely like, I have a bunch of questions for you. Mm -hmm. Bum, 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 bum. And I'm going through them and he's answering them. And uh, <laughs> that man is now a good friend of mine. But really? like, and so we sort of laugh at these, at this, at this introduction. At the interrogation. At the interrogate, that's a great word for it. It was an interrogation. And I was kind of probing uh, for a bunch of things, but part of my question was like, look, I want to better integrate faith and learning, but how much am I going to have to change here? Mm. <laughs> right? Because mm. I'm not interested in a total overhaul change, right? right. I, just, I just want this one part to get fixed. Um, but what if I needed to back up, right? The question I had to ask is like, what if I have to back up for a little bit and, and unload and unpack a bunch of things first yeah. in order to recalibrate my teaching uh, in a sense where I'm going to build into students for the next 20, 30, 40 years instead wow. of just for the, the test that's at the end of the course or the AP exam or something like this. Right. So, um, you know, I, I sort of proceeded forward with this process of like, well, let me learn more about it. Let me talk more about it. A, because my boss said, well, we as an institution really want to do it. And you are the one I want to lead it, right? <laughs> so it's like someone is wow. almost speaking prophetically into me uh -huh. and saying, you will do this. And I was like, you know, Jonah getting on the boat, like, I'm, I'm out of here, right? I'm, I'm not, not going I, to I don't, I don't want to <laughs> do that. If you're telling me that I, you know, yeah. that I, I have to do project-based learning, then, then I'm gone, right? That was uh -huh. sort of my, my, first, my first impulse reaction. Uh -huh. But the bigger piece then just became like, well, what do I really want? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. What do I really want? What's the most important thing? Is the most important thing to me that that I I teach um, every single piece of content that I've taught in the past, I continue to teach and I continue to sort of squeeze that in because I know how to jam pack that stuff in in a way that I, I wasn't I, I wasn't a, a, a drill sergeant or a Nazi or something. I, I just think honestly it was a content rich course that I taught previously, but it was really just for the sake of the content. It wasn't really for any broader purpose or pointing toward God's story or anything like that. It was just because I think it's all so neat. And I was pretty good at helping students to get to the point of like, we think it's neat too. Yeah. It's like, yay, it's yeah, neat. It's you know, cool. That's cool. But that was as far as it sort of got. Huh. You know, At the end yeah. they go, that was a neat class. But I don't know if anyone could have really ex expressed or articulated like, what is, what is the purpose of this Mm -hmm. in the, certainly, what is the point of this for someone who's trying to walk with Jesus? I don't think any of my students, mm. I don't think I helped anyone see that for mm -hmm. a long time. So getting to back up to the point of like, well, what is the point? What do I want? That's the deep That's hope. it. Yeah, like, that's what Jesus said too. What is it in the book of John? Right, in the book of John, John uh, at the start of the gospel, I'm going to get in trouble for getting this wrong okay. at some point. But, uh, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word uh, was God and was with God. So we meet Jesus there as the Word. It's like this cosmic intro, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then it's like, zoom in. All right, here we go. Here's John the Baptist. So then you meet John the Baptist, and he's, he's uh, the voice in the wilderness. And then John the Baptist says, there, there's Jesus. There he is. Behold, right? And then you first meet Jesus, you know, incarnated Jesus uh, walking down the road. And it says, two of John's disciples turn, uh, sort of start to follow Jesus. And I always imagine myself as like John's disciples. So like I'm, John's interesting. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritually uh -huh. sensitive person. I'm uh -huh. interested. And then here's John the Baptist and he points at this guy walking down this path. So I, I sort of follow. And I always imagine my, me being me. It's like, I'm going to just keep a safe distance for a while. And let me think <laughs> about this. Uh -huh. I'm not going to jump right up to the front row. I'm going to sit in the back of the class. They're, they're following. And it says that, uh, 
that they follow. And then it says, Jesus, uh, turn around and ask them a question. And I always just imagine that moment of like, I'm sort of following behind Jesus mm-hmm. and suddenly, and I'm sort of over, I'm, I'm listening in on a conversation maybe, mm-hmm. or I want to get some sense of who he is. And then the idea of Jesus turning around and walking back and the terrifying moment of he's walking to me. Mm-hmm. Oh no. And Jesus comes up to them and his first, his first words as a man in the gospel of John is, what do you want? Oh. Right? What do you want? And I always oh. think about that. He doesn't say, what do you know? Or what do you believe? Or what's the right answer? Uh-huh. It's like, let's begin with, what do you want? Huh. And then, my favorite bit is that the disciple, these, these two disciples kind of, they, 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 yeah, they bumble the answer, basically. Yeah. They say, uh, where are you going? Like, whose house are you going to? And then he just, and then he has this great, so like they give a stupid answer, stupid answer. Like, yeah. we just want to know what house you're going to. And Jesus says, uh, come and you will see. Mm. A great, again, a great response. And I just imagine yeah. Jesus, I imagine that sort of, like in my mind, I give the answer of like, I, I want to know whose house you're going to, Jesus. And I just imagine the silence hanging in the air as I, as I know. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I had one time to yeah, ask I had one. He, Jesus just came up to me and said, what do you want? And I, and I said, I want to know whose house you're going to. And I know how dumb that is. And Jesus doesn't say, that's a stupid thing to say. He just says, <laughs> he invites you in. He invites you. Come and, come and, mm-hmm. come and see. Um, so my whole process with this change was like, it starts with that, what do you want? Um, did you know, or did you feel like you had to follow Jesus? Oh, I don't, uh, I, or did Jesus no, I knew I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be a better teacher who could speak into the lives of students, like truly speak into the lives of students and disciple them and, and speak into goals that, that speak 20, 30, 40 years mm-hmm. down the road and not just till March or May. Um, I also, um, I also knew there was this sort of challenge that I had in my head, which is like, um, why am I afraid of this? Oh, interesting. Right. Why am I afraid of this? Okay. Is, it, it, is it seriously my belief that there's no way I could be a better teacher? Is oh. that like honestly where I'm, is that my honest position? There's no way I could be any better than this. So don't tell me about that. Like that, I don't is that think where, that's probably what you were thinking. No, it? well, I, I don't know. Maybe I, so I can imagine myself thinking mm. something. I can imagine myself thinking, I'm a pretty good teacher, yeah, sure, you know, yeah. so I don't need some new initiative. Thank you very much. I'm all set, right? I got, I got, just check out my lesson plans, right? I can, yeah. you know, in my weak moments yeah. where I'm relying on myself, I could say, you know, I've taught enough and I'm pretty good. But like the challenge to myself is like, do I think I could be better? Do I want to be, do I honestly want to be better? What if being better meant I had to sort of back up and rethink th- some things? Mm-hmm. What if that's what that means? Am I willing to do that? Mm-hmm. I am a process, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I like to-do lists and I like completing to-do lists, right? I don't like, I like moving through the process of something. I don't like backing up. Mm. So someone who's like, that thing we talked about already in Resolved, what if we did blah, 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 blah. I hate being in meetings with those people. It's like, get me out of this meeting. We already resolved that. What are we doing talking about this again? Right. So like that, that idea of like, well, you've taught this way for whatever it had been at that point, 12, 13 years. But what if you did it differently? You know, my first instinct is, I've already figured that out, you know. <laughs> but what if? Mm-hmm. And that's just the nagging doubt. Well, what do I, 
what do I want? What I really want is to speak into the lives of these students in a deeper way, where at the end they say, I'm taking something from your class into my civic life as an American citizen, into my life as a follower of Jesus. Mm. Like, I'm taking into my life a sense of like looking at the world and seeing creation and the fall side by side, understanding that that God redeems it, but also understanding that that's not the end, that like we're invited into restorative work, we're invited into restoration together. And we kind of like walk through that in history again and again, and that like gives me a framework for how, what my Tuesday looks like, you know, or, or what my relationship with my mom looks like, or, or what I want for my marriage, or just how I, how I, I don't know, how I vote, whatever, mm -hmm. how I post on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, like that's, that's what I wanted. Uh, and so just backing up to that place of what do I want and, and challenging myself of like, is it seriously my position that I couldn't be better? Is it seriously my position that like, I'm as good as I'm gonna get? That was also a thing too. Like I was probably, when that's, I'm 42 now. So this is all speaking about stuff when I was 38, 39. Am I really gonna say I've hit the peak and I'm just gonna do this for another 25 years or whatever? Like I can't do that. I have to change. Like that, this whole experience developed this sense of like, I don't naturally flourish in a changing environment, or I don't naturally seek that out or create that for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people who I love who, who, they they create chaos and then they surf on it, right? That's like <laughs> yeah, how they you know live that. life, yeah. right? Yeah. That makes me like nauseous to think about that. <laughs> but I also know that like I I need spurs. I need, oh. I need, oh. uh, I need a, a rock in my boot, right? I need a spur in my saddle to get me off my comfort zones because that's what really pushes me. And when I get pushed, I'm good. When I get pushed, I can really grow. But um, sometimes left to my own devices, I will just create kind of exquisite ruts for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's there. Well, kind of like very... the whole academic excellence. You had that. I had that. You were really good at it. Totally. Yeah, and I was good at it, and we could deliver on that. Sure, and if you ask me, yeah. can you deliver on this for 25 more years? It's like, yup, because yep. I've cracked the code, <laughs> and I know how to do it. Yeah. But it was also the sense of, like, in the quiet moments, like, what is this for? Uh -huh. What is this for? Like, what and I can be more and do more in the kingdom. Yeah, I, I can do – I'm not doing kingdom work right yeah, now. And, that's like, it. that's mm -hmm. it's just – this is something – there is more to this. And, and at the end, I was, I was really discouraged on some levels because I was just like, I don't think my students, I think they leave saying history is neat, but I don't think they understand really what, what it's for. Hmm. Um, and so that's uh, wanting that and identifying like, look, there are things that are, I'll also say this, part of the challenge, part of the good part was to be able to approach change, but also know what my strengths were, like hmm. from a position of strength to sure. say, look, I, I bring these strengths with me. Mm -hmm. um, I can't get locked. I can't chain myself to my strengths or just let, you know, let that totally define where I want to go. But it's not as if I'm coming to this change from a place of desperation. That's a harder, that's, that's right, a harder yes. thing to do. Right. And that's like, a, that's, that's a very different kind of process. The, the process for me was like, things are getting a little bit calcified, right. And a little mm -hmm. bit, a little bit crusty and I'm not as spry as I used to be, you know, because I've been kind of overworking one muscle group here. I can relate. So, yeah. So do you think now looking back to four, what was that, four years ago? Or yeah, so, roughly, yeah. What, what surprised you about yourself the most from now 
now looking back, like, what did you uncover? Did you uncover something that you didn't know was there, or did you? Oh no, I uh, I uncovered uh, what happens when you uh, when you unlock the cardia elements in in classroom oh. learning, when you unlock the the reflective heart pieces in classroom learning. Okay. Um, that was huh. that was the most fun piece, where it was like, let us um, let's imagine let's what happens when we don't treat this whole course as a, as a head exercise. Um, because by the way, that's not how God made us. Again, when Jesus, like, his first words are, are not a head question. It's, what do you want? Like, what's, what's in your heart? Mm -hmm. What's in that gut? That's what's going to tell me where you're going to go, hmm. right? That's what's going to tell me where you're going to go. You're going to follow your, you're going to follow your heart. You're going to post-rationalize some reason to get to what you are wanting, right? So let's have a course that's kind of aimed at that. And that just means kind of accessing that part of ourselves, not constantly. Because mm -hmm. if the whole course is just journaling time or something, that's, that's silly. <laughs> right. That's not history. That's right. not, we're, we're like unmoored from our content. We're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have to have this base. We have to have this foundation of our, of our material, our content. But then there's this sense of like, what do I make of this? What do I see in this? Um, where do, where do, uh, how do I respond? Like, how do we respond here? And for that, you know, um, and I think also the piece that I um, am most surprised by is the extent to which now how often I point to or just say we're going to do, we're going to do work here that kind of goes beyond the, the strict confines of the academic. Hmm. We're going to do work um, like we'll do, we do some work now where uh, students are doing some research. I mean, we're in history, so like history work will always involve uh, doing some research and reading and writing and analysis. That's always going to be what history is and what mm -hmm. how historians work. But like, let's do this toward the end, toward the aim of better loving someone in your family or someone in your personal network. Like, what if we studied? You know, took a I family member. I remember this from last year. Yeah, my son did so this. So your son did this project, and I don't remember if he. He talked about his. Um, one he did about his dad. The other one, my oh, yeah, my yeah, cousin, yeah. who's the Air Force general. Oh yes, I remember reading this one. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This was, it was wonderful. A cool, it was. It was. And so, but the idea is like, well, what if you took a person that you know, mm -hmm. and you uh, you care about them, right? So. Uh, what if you took them and, and you sort of listened to their story? Yeah. Um, and then, like, as you listen to their story, you're kind of listening for ways and moments where you find intersections between their story and what we've studied, the sort of the broader American story. And so, and then what if you kind of told their story, you, you contextualized and situated their story within the broader context, and then you, you told their story, and you're just like, it just involves listening to a person, mm. uh, leaning in, um, retelling it you know it's like it's it's like the experience of how many stories of jesus are just like him just stopping to to listen right and uh and so we just we'll just be let's be people who listens and loves and then we can sort of thoughtfully situate it in a historical context and actually see how understanding history can bring someone into sort of fuller dimension for us oh, that's cool. and uh and to and to help us like better love and care for other people uh it's a small piece, right? But that that piece in the course, so many students go, boom! I see it. Like that's 
that's a piece that sticks with them for a long time, or that's a piece that sort of situates this desire where it's like, I can use this material as, as, uh, as, as restorative work in the world, right? To sort of like point back toward creation and toward shalom, toward how it ought mm. to be, toward God's intended order. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, that's a piece where that, you know, the teaching for transformation framework really kind of points you toward like, what are, what's work you can do that goes beyond the academic that is kind of like real work for real people that meets some real mm -hmm. need. And that will access the heart. And that will sort of, the hope that you have is, if I have a room full of students that are sort of getting practice at doing some kingdom work, that in the end, like my deep hope says, that's, that they, that students desire to join in God's restorative work. That this is something mm -hmm. that just, it develops a desire in them to do this. And now what's happening that's is... That's like character development. Yeah, that's it. And that's, the hope is then that, that faith and learning integration is like, it's not even like, what would Jesus think of the trail of tears? But it's like, it's like we're, we aren't even noticing that it's happening. It's just all fully like integrated and interwoven together. That's the hope. When it's done well, that's what it is. Yeah. I'm still learning. <laughs> it's like that's part of this is not, and the point is not. If I finished with this with like, and I've arrived, and now I'm not, not going to change anymore. Like that would, have, I've missed the point. But like, the growth that's happened, the change from years, let's say, 12 to 16 in teaching in my teaching career, mm -hmm. have been so profound. Like it's invigorating, right? Mm. That's a sense of like, hey, a second act. Here we go. Wow, yeah. this is a new purpose and something new, and it's. It's very energizing. That's so cool. Um, wow. Well, we've talked a long time about a lot of cool things, and we probably need to wrap up. But um, if you were a student that, maybe you take this question however you want, either a student that is coming into school now for the first time after being at virtual school forever, I'd love to hear your advice for them. Yeah. And then also a student who um, has never been in a classroom where they're getting an opportunity to think about what they're learning and its impact on the kingdom or yeah. past, current, or future. <laughs> Those are two maybe totally diverse. No, they're they're they're, they're different, or? but they're very real right so now. So you can pick one or both. <laughs> uh, well, for the first question about a student who's returning to the classroom. Um, my honest, my honest thing, because nothing's going to happen if we can't do this. You got to do what you got to do right now to feel safe, mm -hmm. physically, emotionally safe. Mm -hmm. No real learning is going to happen if we can't get there. Okay. That's like the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like we yeah. need, we need to like hit that first. Right. So if that means you find your your buddy, that means you ask your teacher for this or that. Like you, you just get there. That's okay. Yeah. Advocate for yourself there. That's a piece where. Um, Nothing else is going to happen if we can't if we can't sort of find some success there and help a student right. get there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, otherwise do your homework. Uh, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> just just do the homework. We're crying out loud. No, and, but uh, but yeah, I would just say like you re assess internally. Do your your own audit. What do I need here to feel safe? Some students are going to be like nothing. I'm great. Yeah. Uh, and good. Okay. That's that's beautiful. Then let's rock and roll. But and do you guys like talk about? Um, like the historical perspective that we will have someday on this time yeah, in terms yeah. of like oh, yeah. be aware of, of what's happening because you're going to look back on this. Well, this project that, yeah, I'll, short answer is yes. Yeah. Like we are, in, we are in strange times. These are yeah. unusual times right now. Um, 
But also, like we say in history class, the great thing is history rhymes. This like we can find parallels. History doesn't repeat itself exactly, but it, it rhymes, and so okay. there's there's comfort sometimes. And like on the first day of history, uh, first day of school this year, I said, "Hi, I'm Mr. Welly," and then it was basically, "Are we in the worst year of American history ever?" <laughs> oh, good right? question. Yeah. And like, here's the argument that says we're in the worst year of American history ever, right? So George Floyd, COVID nineteen, I can't even remember half the other stuff, bad stuff, right? Yeah. And I was like, "Well, here's some other worst years ever, right?" Do we feel better now? Here's some other bits, and this is that was our first day of school. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe that's what was so muted. We started uh, well, this bummer. As Christians too, though, I I just wrote this on my I think it was on Facebook yeah. actually, but I said, you know, we're not a, supposed to be around wringing our hands and being complaining and no. distraught all the time. I mean, we have to, no. we could be sad about some things or whatever, but oh, we God should calls grieve, us of course. To, like, hope and mm-hmm. um, optimism. Yeah. In the Lord, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, totally. Like it's, uh, if our, this uh, history, a Christian history class should not lead us into passivity and hopelessness or just like <laughs> I, it was better in the good old days. Like that <laughs> is right. not, that's, that's not, not a, that's not it. Um, so how about the student who's going to get an opportunity? To well, I love that. That's a great okay. question. So many students, you know, we have lots of students, let's say, who come into this, this Christian high school setting from a, let's say, a public high school setting. And a lot of the reflective pieces they're kind of like, huh? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like a little weird. It's like, yeah. this isn't on the test, you know, but like, oh, let's, yeah. let's reflect on, on this. Let's, uh, what does this mean for us? And, and uh, what kind of people ought we to be um, as a result of this? I would just say, um, I know school is about the brain. It's about the head. I know school really focuses on like, and a good, teach, a good classroom environment and a good teacher can, can help you um, help you learn more, help you grow in your knowledge. That is a huge piece. That's a non-negotiable. A teacher who's like, I really aim at the heart, but I'm not so good at the knowledge piece. It's like, you're not a good teacher. Right. I'm sorry, right. let's find a different job for you. Right. Let's, 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 let's find a better spot, a better fit. Um, but that's just, you are not only your head, right? You are a fully embodied being in creation mm. um, that, uh, that is kind of like a heart-first creature. You know, a lot of us might say, no, no, I'm, I'm Spock. I'm totally logical. But it's like, I, I think we're kind of fooling ourselves if, they, if we say that's like, honestly, in the end, what we are. I think we kind of grope through the world heart first in many ways. And so we need to tend to that part of us here, right? And we need to be addressing that, that part of us here. Uh, there's like reflective and cardio work that's really good. And then when you sort of incorporate the head and the heart uh, with the hand, now we've like fully embodied mm. a holistic vision of education that like, it's just- it's The hand meaning the doing part? By the doing, yeah. yeah. Like what, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Where do we go? Even how does our work speak into the world like, like your son's paper about, mm-hmm. about your husband? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like that's, like, that's the hand piece. It's mm-hmm. the head and the heart, but it's the hand where it's like, here's a gift for this other person. Absolutely, right? yeah. And that's the, whole, that's the whole picture of us uh, as fully embodied beings in creation. Um, that God says it is very good, right? That's, that's how education could look a little bit different. Um, and the more, the merrier. Yeah. I'd love to have more students in here experiencing that. That's so cool. Okay, one last question. Sure. Because I would like to start some, finish with something lighthearted. Sure. What is, I'm looking around your room and I'm like, Dylan, Martin Luther King, I know about Johnny Cash, and there's yeah. all kinds of war um, advertisements. 
What's propaganda. Yeah. What's all the propaganda? Yeah. What's something that people might not know about you? As I'm looking around here, it looks like you have. I mean, I think you have diverse interests. Hmm. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Or a funny characteristic that maybe <laughs> your students would be like, "What?" Oh, they might know this, but I don't know. I uh, I am obsessive. Okay. I'm obsessive. I uh, <laughs> I get. I get hyper-focused on things, uh -huh. um, and so, like, there's a Bob Dylan poster on my wall that I'm looking at right now, and uh -huh. like, so when I got into Bob Dylan, I got into Bob Dylan, and it's like I, I sort of eat and breathe it, or, or uh, I, I just, it's a strength and weakness of mine that like, I get, it's like I can take the the rest of the world goes out of focus sure. as I sort of like hone yeah. in and lock in on this thing that I love. It also means that I'm aloof. It also means I can be kind of like oblivious to uh, to my wife uh, or to, to the people around me or Your whatever. Children. Yeah, to my children, my family, the just dog. stuff. It's just stuff, you know, because Bob Dylan's uh, Tangled Up now. in Blue is so good, honey. Yeah, yeah but anyway. Oh, that's so funny. But, uh, I bet your students do know that. Yeah, and that's one of those classic your strength is your weakness things. Like that's yeah. that's what that concentration is what allows me to kind of achieve what I achieve in some ways. Mm -hmm. It's also something I, I, I grapple with. Um, I don't know, you know, beyond that, I, uh, I love playing music. I love writing songs. Yeah. I love, uh, yeah. That's, okay, see? That's, that's there a we piece go. that I love. Yeah. I, I, I'm an amateur songwriter and it's okay. the nice thing is now in, in the old days in college, I would write a song and then I got to play it for the girls out in the quad. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but now it's like me and my friends who I can do this with, we can write a song and we can produce it and, and record it and then go, that was wonderful. Uh -huh. And then set it down and I don't have to uh -huh. Uh -huh. sell it. You know, it's right, just like, right. it's like I realized that the process of creating and crafting was the fun, was the fun piece. Yeah. And that's the enjoyable piece. And, uh, and yeah, and I just, I, I like that. I like that craft. It's a creating bit. thing. Yeah. But even then, the creating bit is funny because the actual creation of the song, I don't, I don't understand how that happens. That just sort of pops out. Huh. That's like totally out of the part of my brain that I can't control. Wow. And then the fun part for me is like once that pops out from, from beyond or from God or whatever, then like fanning that flame or crafting or curating the thing, that's, mm. that's satisfying for me. Maybe there could be a band that grows out of this school. <laughs> we'll there leave it at be. that. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah, there will be. There well, will be some. So you're actually, I can. Is that first of all, you can teach in a pandemic. Yeah, I and you can. can do it well, and students can learn and thrive, and you can build kingdom even in a pandemic. Yeah. And then also, you can teach in a different kind of way that you never. I can right? be a different kind of teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Well, thanks for sharing today. You're awesome. welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Take care. The notion of having a deep hope for students is so powerful. These students have an incredible opportunity to learn within this model and be impacted by teachers who can impart their deep hope for students into the classroom experience. Also, being willing to learn a different way of doing something that we've become experts at sounds pretty scary, yet at the same time, invigorating. How cool is it that we can still learn to be better and have an even greater impact. A big thanks to Peter for sharing how he took a risk 
and made an investment in himself and his students. The reward is surely great.